Hello, welcome to another episode of the Menswear Style Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Brooker, and today on the show, I am speaking to Rosie Temple. She is the CEO of McGee 1866, and McGee was established in 1866 by John McGee as a small draper's shop in Donegal, Ireland, buying and selling handwoven tweeds. In 1900, Robert Temple bought the business, and today the third and fourth, uh, I suppose fifth generation now, Temple family are at the helm and you can find out more about the brand and its illustrious history over at mcgee1866.com but here to give you the the thumbnail sketch of the brand and to talk about what they're doing nowadays here is the ceo rosie temple yeah so i um look after uh, the side of the business uh, which is our uh, mcgee clothing where we um, wholesale our collections to about 300 retailers independent menswear stores mainly in ireland and the uk and then i look after the mcgee retail side where we have three stores in ireland two in dublin and one in Donegal, which is up in northwest ireland where the company started and then our online site as well so i'm ceo of those parts of the business and then i work with my brother it's very much a family business who is CEO of McGee Weaving, where we have a weaving mill where we're taking yarn in and weaving fabric up. Interesting. And so I was just on the website moments ago looking at the great history because it's it's all there. It's So could you perhaps, I don't know, give us the broad strokes of some of the, the pivot points in the company's history and, and also what are we providing in terms of services and garments nowadays? Sure. Um, and don't worry, I'll, I'll save you the full kind of 155 <laughs> years plus. of. No, I, 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 want, I want it all. I want it all. <laughs> decade by decade. But uh, in a nutshell, it was started in the 1860s um, by a cousin of mine uh, called John McGee. And he really started uh, buying and selling handwoven tweed, which would be a, a product that's very traditional to southwest Donegal where you would have farmers who might have been farming, fishing, and then hand weaving as well. So that's really the origin um, of of the company. And and from there, uh, it then went to um, my great-grandfather, Robert Temple, in the late 19th century. At that point, they had a store in Donegal Town, which is like a, a market town. And then during the course of the 20th century, went to my grandfather, Howard Temple, and then they started weaving in more of a factory setting. Then they started into garments. It was all men's wear at that point. Then moving into the 70s where my dad joined. Um, and then right up to the present day where, as I said, I work with my brother who looks after the weaving mill and my sister who works in the creative and the design aspect. And today there are the three aspects to the business being the weaving mill, um, and that's really specialist. Uh, it's amazing when you go in it, you get a real sense of the, the heritage and the history and the skill there and where we're power weaving, but there's still a lot of processes to that. And we're selling that fabric around the world to other businesses and then incorporating it into our own collections, which are across men, women, home and accessories and sold through those two routes to market. Interesting. Yeah. Well, thank you. Beautifully uh, paraphrased there. But I do encourage people to have a look at the history on the website. It's fascinating. Perhaps for the uninitiated, could you give us the differences between, say, Donegal tweed and other kinds of tweed and what what makes Donegal tweed so special? Yeah. So Donegal tweed um, is unique to this county and this region that um, we're in. 
really one of the, its defining characteristics is uh, starts with the yarn. So whenever you have the raw material of wool and whenever that's spun into the yarn, in Donegal tweed, the spinning process includes um, these little, uh, they're called neps and they're like little colourful um, pieces which get included in the yarn and spun into the yarn. So that when you then bring that yarn and weave it on a loom with the warp and the weft, the horizontal and the vertical, you'll get these distinctive little colourful nets of wool from the spinning process coming through. And then you'll see Donegal Tweed in two, I suppose, iconic patterns, which would be the herringbone. Uh, so those sort of VW shapes uh, layered up. And then the pepper and salt, which is if you go onto our website, you'll you'll see some of it in some of the blazers and some of the garments. It is, as it sounds, little speckles. And it's got that lovely vibrancy and colour. And that would be different to Harris Tweed, um, which uh, has its own distinctive characteristics, but wouldn't have those sort of colourful nets coming through the yarn. Are the nets that come through the yarn, are they almost by accident or can you plot exactly where they come? I mean, uh, they're sort of they're they're, I suppose, part of the natural characteristic. Um, but they are they do then come through in a, a random assortment as such through through the fabric. And we uh, what's very exciting at the moment, my brother many years ago made a submission to the EU to have a, a geographical protection um, for Donegal Tweed, a little bit like Champagne, can only come from Champagne. And so uh, my brother has been working with other mills in the county. So it's a real collective effort uh, to make sure that Donegal Tweed can really just come from Donegal Tweed. And uh, so that's really exciting for, for us. And but it's very much, you know, it is it's amazing to see what Harris Tweed have done and, and what a phenomenal sort of success and global recognition that has and I think uh, I think it's great to see two different types of fabric from the northern hemisphere uh, having that uh, global kudos and a good natural fiber which ticks all the boxes on the environmental front as well yeah yeah I bet and uh, when I was doing a little bit of research ahead of our chat looking up Donny Gouldweed just make sure I wasn't making too many gaffes you guys are pretty much the headline act on the Wikipedia page so there's like a huge passage from Don Eagle Tweed from uh, McGee 1866. And then it mentions a couple of other mills in the area. So you, I would have thought that would have been already locked down. It's interesting that you say that you're getting that geographical nod. Yeah, just getting the official stamp. Um, but yes, there are a couple, there are a couple of other really good, uh, very strong mills in Donegal as well. So certainly part of a, a wider community, which is a good, a good place to be. Yeah, I bet. Are you also provide suits and garments in other fabrics that I saw on your on the website are those also made in the mill there at Don Eagle or are they outsourced we incorporate where we can our own fabrics which cover Donegal tweed but also other we also have Irish linen as well and um, so we use those in our collections and the garments are then made up mainly within the EU and a global supply chain and we would also uh, work with other speciality um, mills as well, a couple in the UK, uh, maybe a couple of Italian mills as well. So predominantly our own, but then there are a couple of other specialities um, where we would uh, look to other mills. Do you incorporate bespoke now in the shops? I know that was a thing way back in the day for you guys, kind of like pre-First World War, but yeah, do you, so suppose, are you thinking of moving to that? Yeah, for, for us, um, tailoring is, I suppose, part of our core heritage. Um, and and that sort of men's two-piece or three-piece suit, and that remains a, 
I suppose, a core part of what we do. Um, and that includes made-to-measure uh, service through our own stores. That's written not online through our own stores. Um, but we've also, over the years, um, diversified into developing more of a casual um, part of the collection. You know, you, you look at photos of what everyone was wearing to the office in the 1980s compared to what everyone's wearing now, if they're even in an office. So right. obviously there have been huge shifts in what the end consumer is wearing. And there's still very much a place for that really sharp looking suit, particularly looks great in our Donegal tweed or in the spring in linen. Um, but then there's equally a place to bring about something softer and more unstructured on the tailoring front, whether that's some online blazers, that type of end, and then right through into the more casual product like knitwear and trousers. I was going to ask, Rosie, at the start, perhaps I should have asked you this, but as this is, you're like the fifth generation, I believe, you're the you're the fifth generation that's come in to uh, work work on the brand. Was there ever any choice for you or was there any kind of other things that you were looking at doing and then oh, go, yeah, you know very... what, I ha- the, the pool was too much, <laughs> I, I must come? <laughs> no, very, very much so. Uh, dad was, dad has, is the overall chairman still, um, but he, he was amazing. He was very much uh, left it up to the three of us if we wanted to. There was never any pressure. And I think this uh, reverse psychology definitely worked well. <laughs> we all went off and did different things. My brother's an engineer. Um, my sister is doing other things. I worked in London for a couple of years in Christie's, the auction house. And then I suppose over time and with the, uh, what's the word, uh, with the giving the different vantage point of distance, uh, took a, a little time to understand uh, what a brand there was at home um, and what kind of history there was behind it and what we could do with it in the future. So we all came back, and uh, so that's how it worked out. That's fascinating. So you were working at Christie's. What were you? Were you an uh, auctioneer there? Or... Yeah, selling selling paintings. So yeah, sort of nineteenth and eighteenth century pictures, which I loved. Um, yeah. But then the kind of call to come home, that kind of atavistic thing of Ireland is uh, is strong. I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I came back and yeah, really started working with family business. So, okay. And we have a great team around us as well. Um, I think, you know, a family business is, yes, it is about the, the family working in it, but we've also got uh, an amazing team uh, here in Donegal and Dublin. I mean, I think people that will be listening to this will just be curious to know what are the secrets of a successful brand that's been going for as long as you guys have. Is there is there something that you can put your finger on? Um, were there any massive challenges along the way or maybe even recently with world events? Yeah, I mean, there there absolutely have been challenges through through each decade and and each generation. I, I think it is having that that balance of being able to hold on to uh, your roots and stay true to those. We've we've always been about quality. We've always been about the fabric that's at the heart of what we do, but also knowing when to change and uh, and not not turn your back on your identity. Keep that, but also look forward. So I think that balancing act. Uh, when you're over 150 years old is is, is is you're constantly walking on that and then I think just having that resilience um to be able to withstand the different external circumstances be it world wars or much much more recently uh, brexit which is of minimal benefit to to anybody it's uh just one of those uh, political events which is something that you know, you, the UK, which is such a key customer base for us online and wholesale, um, and a base we really want to keep. But Brexit has added uh, a layer of complexity, um, which we obviously will work through, um, but has been challenging. 
in what way has it really affected you it's I, all of the work uh, around literally the importing and exporting of raw material and goods um right. and obviously the the uk continues to be a, a really strong market for us um and we see so much more potential there over the years um so we'll we'll work through the, the brexit area um but it certainly has thrown up administrative challenges are you looking at getting any bricks and mortar in in london even or anywhere else in the uk we haven't any concrete plans for that at mm-hmm. the moment. Uh, we'd have a very strong um, base um, of a UK customer through our really excellent independent retailers up and down the country um, and through our online as well. Um, but um, who knows into the future? When I was on the website, I really looked like the look of the collaborations that you've done over the years. Putting the Porsche in, in Donegal Tweed was a really nice yeah. touch. Uh, have you got anything else like that in line or do you... As a brand, are you looking to do really creative collaborations with other companies and businesses? Yeah, I think that's something um, that we're always open to when the right sort of opportunity come, comes along. Um, this this year, we've done as we worked uh, like with a really amazing guy called Damien Brown, who rode the Atlantic last year, a rugby player turned extreme adventure, did like a fantastic photo shoot with him. Um, and I think for us, looking at how other people wear our clothing in whatever setting that might be really brings the brand to life and um, so we're, we're always open to, to looking at those um, and we've also got a, a really strong women's collection which features a lot of our own fabrics we've just launched autumn winter 23 real bold fabrics coming through and um, so we're always looking for ways as to how can we bring that um to the to the end consumer as well and do you supply fabrics to to the likes of Savile Row and places like that? So when people can go into other tailors that might be in London, for example, they can request some Don Eagle fabrics that have come from you guys. Um, there are, yeah, we would supply uh, fabric to to kind of different tailors um, and other brands as well. So that's yeah. something that that the Weaving Mill does. Yeah, I'm just interested how like we can, if I was London based, get a suit made with you guys through the fabric that you supply. So something that yeah. I would request for. I mean, you can obviously that you can purchase our fabric by the meter um, online mm. and then mm-hmm. take it to a tailor uh, uh-huh. is probably the, 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 the fast way of doing it um, or buying the, the ready to wear directly from uh, from our online website. I mean, you can order swatches for you guys as well for your website, right? Yes, you can order swatches just just to check that you uh, that you yeah. like it when you see it in person. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, I, I think it's fascinating. And and again, the the. Like I say, the company's been going for so long now. It's just, it feels like a, an institution. And you do tours as well. Like so we, in in the in our shop in Donegal, which is the the store that my grandfather would have been born above, we would uh, do some hand weaving demonstrations there because we still do a little bit of hand weaving, and um, so we do do that. And then occasionally we will bring um, people around the mill, but it's not actually open to the public. Ah, okay. So maybe maybe a polite request somewhere <laughs> somewhere along the email train yeah. <laughs> might be able to but sneak we try, and, try and bring it to life um just through our, our social pages um and through our website as well just to get a sense of each of the process from warping weaving and finishing um and all the stages along that and we've many decades of experience uh, with all of the the team there yeah, I'd be fascinated to see that. How, what's the best way to get to Donegal? I guess it's a flight yeah. out. Of... Donegal is um, 
flying into uh, Derry, which is only um, an hour or so up the road, or Belfast or Knock. Okay. All right, yeah. great. Lots of options. All no, right. Not well, too many let... train options, but lots of flight and uh, bus options. Well, I'll get some ideas over to the girlfriend later of uh, yeah. a little weekend breakaway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, Rosie, thank you so much for your time today. And, uh, no and it was great speaking to you. McGee1866 is Instagram where you guys hang out and post some of the wonderful yes. photos. Is that you behind there? Will people get hold of you or is it part of the team? Uh, part of part of the team, but we're we're not some giant company. It's it's very quickly to you know I'm in touch with that team all the time. So, Great. and uh, the website McGee eighteen sixty six as well. I want to say, is that right? yes, yeah, eighteen sixty six Thank you so much, Rosie. Great talking That's to you. That's great. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to the Menswear Style podcast. Be sure to head over to menswearstyle.co.uk for more menswear content and email info at menswearstyle.co.uk if you'd like to be a future guest on the show. Finally, please help support the show by leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Until next time.